The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey guys, it's Blot Harris here with another Panther Ranch podcast. It's a happy November, November 1st. And of course, you know, it's the same usual traffic, yada, 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 rain, all that, all this crap. Um, Halloween's over, so, you know, despite all the rain, kids went out because pretty much that's what you do when you're parents. You, you get umbrellas, ponchos, and whatnot, and you breathe through it. And, uh, you know, my my two youngest ones, I mean, one went as Rainbow Dash, one went as, uh, I think, uh, Marshall from uh, Paw Patrol. My oldest, uh, who's nine, obviously has outgrown the whole costume thing. Didn't know what he wanted. He just told me to go to the store and just buy him a random mask, which I did. I mean, I went and bought him a uh, Scarecrow mask, and <clears throat> he went as Scarecrow Man because, um, you know, I was listening to a Misfits album the other week. And they have a song called Scarecrow Man. And, well, that's where my idea came from. Um, an actual freaking Misfits track, to say the least. But anyways, guys, it was fun. Glad I, glad it's over with. And we're back to uh, another uh, riveting week of pit football. One thing I didn't touch on last, the other from the other day... Was the, was I didn't really get too much depth in the NFL about how pretty much the pit players were killing it, such as uh, Tyler Boyd, Aaron Donald, and of course James Conner. And James Conner is easy to remember because he's in the, he's in our backyard, for uh, so, so to speak. He had a hell of a game against Cleveland, and he's on pace to pretty much outdo Le'Veon Bell from last year. I mean, I think the key thing is him staying healthy. But I mean, watching some of his highlights and stuff, I mean, just some of the moves he's gotten, some of the spins and crap like that, he's just... I mean, I forgot how really good this guy was at Pitt. I mean, a Clemson game always stands out, but watching him, the Steelers, he just looks faster and plays faster. You know... I think losing some weight probably to do and help help out a good bit. Plus his training, I mean, he obviously had to hit the weights hard. Now, uh, you know, Tom Savage is still on the 49ers. He hasn't been released yet, I don't think. I mean, he he was signed, then he was released probably like a day later, and he got re-signed after the after whatever game they played. Then, uh, you know, Nathan Pierman is going to start again, and the Bills put brought out his highlight video from the preseason. Which I'm sure they're trying to hype up the fans, but uh, but um, the Bills obviously they have a decent team on paper. Just they don't have a quarterback, and the one guy that could probably get them to the playoffs, they got you know Tyrod Taylor. They got rid of. I mean, he would have gotten them to the playoffs. 
But if you're expecting anything more than just that, I mean, like a first round, you know, more than a first round or a wild card, forget it because he just, you know, he's just not built for all that. And right now he's, uh, yeah, he's in oblivion right now as uh, Baker Mayfield has taken over the start. And people have already said Baker's a bust. And I've watched Baker play, and I don't think he quite is yet. I think the jury's still out on him. But I don't think Cleveland Tilly missed on this pick. I think it was a good it was a good pick. But uh yeah, um you know Pitt's doing Pitts rolled out some good wide receivers, you know, defensive players, running backs. We just need a quarterback you know to you know I guess not be a starter, but just be serviceable, I guess you can say. In other words, a quarterback who's not being used as a talking point from the social justice warriors with the, with the Colin Kaepernick collusion. Because every single time, oh, Tom Savage got signed. Yep, Tom Savage has a job, Colin Kaepernick doesn't. Oh, Nathan Peterman with another uh, three-pick game. Yep, but somehow Colin Kaepernick can't get a job. I mean, I just want something, you know. I mean, I'm not sure Kane Pickett will be the guy. I doubt it. I mean, well, you know, we have Joe Flacco. We have him. But, I mean, if we're going to claim him, the Rutgers can obviously claim Tom Savage. But I don't think Rutgers wants to claim Tom Savage or anything. And also, uh, Maryland, I guess, fired their coach finally, DJ Durkin. They brought him back. And, of course, the players walk out. And, of course, they Maryland decides it's a great idea to, um... I think it's a great idea not to, um... Not to bring them back, after all. I mean, I, w- I would... I mean, to be honest with you, I would love to be there when they were discussing this whole firing thing. Because, uh... supposedly, Maryland, when they uh, went to the Big Ten, it was because they were broke. Remember that? They were they were so badly in debt that that's why they had to join the Big Ten because they were gonna get the bigger payout than what they than what they would get in the ACC. So they joined the Big Ten obviously to get more money, but now obviously they have to probably deal with a buyout because supposedly they can't fire him with cause now. Rumor has it, and not and but on top of that you got you got you got to pay money for a new coach. I mean I love to be in that room. Well, you know, we have to fire him. You know, it's a good idea. And then somebody across the table going, "Yeah, but how much is this buyout? We can't afford that." You're right. Well, let's let's just uh, let's just slowly ease Durkin in a little bit. We'll give it a few weeks. You know, he won't be on the sidelines, and we'll just ease him in. And we'll do it at a time when a whole bunch of stuff's happening. Because you know what was odd about this was that they brought they brought him back in at a time when uh, all the madness was happening in Pittsburgh. And, of course, the pipe bombs, everything. They just slowly slipped that in. I mean, the guy obviously was insufferable. The players hated him. You suspend him, but you bring him back anyway, which... I mean, I don't blame the players for not for walking out because, I mean, that they just, the, you know... The admin just murdered the morale of the program. 
You can't do that. I mean, it's, it's it's a reflection of your leadership as well. I'm surprised. I mean, I won't be surprised a lot of those kids are, are getting or packing up and getting the hell out of there. Good Lord. Poor Matt Canada. Man, I just thought that was odd that, you know, they slipped that in there and... I mean, obviously we weren't going to notice it, but the players were. I mean, shit. They're, <laughs> they play football there. So... But yeah, the Regents probably said, well, we, you know, we can't afford the... You know, the pay to buy I hire new. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just give it a few weeks, you know, and uh, just let them, let them back. Maybe, maybe, maybe cooler heads will prevail. Obviously not. I mean, maybe, if, maybe if Durkin, I guess, goes somewhere else in another gig, and maybe he's learned his lesson. But I don't think he's ever going to find himself another head coaching job ever again. Maybe at different levels, but not at college anymore. I think he just. Whatever he did, he just murdered everything. I mean, he just not, not only did he burn bridges, he just he took he he, he uh, knocked out roads, mountains, cough, electricity, and whatnot. So yeah, shredded documents, everything. And speaking of the madness in Pittsburgh, um, obviously the obviously the uh, the president of the United States came down, which. Really was bad timing because this was a time for uh, the people to for people to um, the mourn still, honor their loved ones, you know that were, that were lost, and of course the city needed the hill and you know because you know Padito have obviously has to accommodate you know, all these funerals, so it probably the best. I mean, you know, obviously the president's gonna come down whether you like it or not. That's just how that is. And, he, you know, as a president, you have to do that. You have to come down and visit and talk to the people. And try to have a dialogue. But, of course, with him, it's have, it's coming down there and, then of course, going on Twitter and saying some uh, crappy stuff. But, uh, for one, you know, not to mention nobody wanted him here anyway. So, I think the timing was just really bad right now. I mean, he could have said, hey, you know, I'll come down another week and we'll have a meaningful discussion about a lot of, a lot of things. That would have been a really good idea, but I don't think it's going to happen. And, of course, he loves the chaos. He loves the protesting because he, he feeds off of it. But, um, yeah, we'll stop at that. I, you know, I'm not crazy about the guy, but I know a lot of people that probably listen to this podcast or follow me support him. And yeah, we're not, we're, we're obviously not going to agree on a lot of things and that's just that. I mean, that's just the reality of it. That's then that's politics in general. A lot of people just don't agree on things. And if we can find a common ground, we can find a common ground. And this one is obviously on the common ground. This one is some crazed lunatic bleeding internet conspiracies. White supremacists of that shop something and we don't, you know, bottom line is common ground is we don't we shouldn't have to put up a trash like this at all ever all right it's almost 12 minutes in and i have not talked about the uh, uva game uh pit uva plays friday night it's a friday night game you guys 
don't we love Friday night games? I mean, we've had so many memories of memorable Friday night games. I mean, we had, especially the ones that are too, when we start playing on Fridays. We had, um, you know, Ohio U. That made me drink really bad. I remember, um, I think I was drinking straight Keystone Light at the time. Yeah, I was I was going down the I was you know I would go to I would go to Dolls in Munhall and get a you know a six pack of uh, or no I think it was a twelve pack of Keystone Light at that time sometimes sometimes a six pack of Dolls but yeah I had Keystone Light I was drinking and then um, I think by halftime I was I think I was pulling out the hard liquor and I think what did I have I had, oh yeah I had the black label stuff from Johnny Walker I was I was shooting that I think. Yeah, that's how bad that was. And I think Rutgers was a Friday night game as well. And we got trounced by them. Well, we didn't get trounced. We lost by eight. But we were done pretty much most of the game. I mean, they were just a lot faster. And, yeah, there was that UConn game from 2004, too. Where it, that, that, was the, that was the night of the infamous Palco slide. So those are some uh, memorable Friday night games, and then most of them were just during the one center. But I don't think I'd have to check my calendar. But I don't think we've really played many Friday night games since then. I don't know. Maybe you guys can help me out on Twitter. But as far as UVA goes, they're in first place in the ACC just by half a game because they played more games. Um, Offensively, pretty much, it's your, your standard your standard ACC offense. You know, it's a spread. They have a quarterback who can run and throw, so dual threat, obviously, and he's doing pretty well. I think last game he had over two yards passing, a hundred rushing. So obviously, he's he's a gamer, and their defense is in the top twenty. So they're they're pretty legit, I guess, on paper. I guess you know. Based on opponents they play, but they really the thing is is they really haven't played anybody at all, really. I mean, they've played Miami, of course, and Miami sucks. I mean, most of the ACC uh, coastal sucks, so you can't really go off of that. And they're facing Pitt, who's played uh, obviously Penn State and Notre Dame. You know they've played. You know, got, you know, they barely lost their Dame, and they got their asses kicked by Penn State. But still, Pitt at least has played. Oh, Central Florida, don't believe. So we played some actual legit opponents. We just got our asses kicked in all of, all those games, except for Notre Dame, of course. Yeah, Penn State and Central Florida, we got our asses beat, but Notre Dame, we didn't. Obviously, the keys here is with this guy. Same thing as uh, we tried with Duke last time. Front four's got to disrupt uh, the quarterback. They got to contain him because he likes to tuck and run. Let him, and, ho- and hopefully we can cover the receivers. Basically, keep him in the pocket, make him contain, and try to make him force them to make decisions while sitting in the pocket. That's all he can do, really, with this guy on defense. So hopefully Pitt has a, a you know a game similar to what they had with Notre Dame on defense and uh, what happened at Duke. 
because you know this team offensively, you know, they haven't really put up a whole lot of points either. On the pit side of it, on offense, Pitt's got to get the ground game going like they always have. But but they're playing against a a top twenty defense. But it could be fool's goal because Virginia hasn't really played anybody. So Pitt has to get the running game going, and they got a three headed monster with. Uh, Quadrillison, Darren Hall, and Valique Carter. Valique kind of reminds me of Steve Slight in a way because, I mean, they're, Slight wasn't the biggest back, but he was quick. I mean, we may have, we may have like a Pat White type of, uh, uh, not really because, well, Kenny Pickett's mobile. I mean, he had a 30-yard touchdown run. So we could have a you know a Pat White type of Steve Slayton thing, if possible. But obviously, the way I look at this game is pretty simple. If Pitt wins, they're going to win by seven. If UVA wins, it's it's going to be by seven or more probably. And I know there's been some arguments over the whole whole ranking systems. I guess some Pitt fans are upset over the. Um, you know, some some teams being ranked. I guess Syracuse is ranked, and Duke's get, Duke had some respect, and whereas Pitt, you know, doesn't. And I wonder why, you know, you know, you know, should Pitt be ranked as well? And I guess you know some people really are implying that, but it comes off as that. Here's the thing with Pitt's record: they're four and four. Yeah, they play a tougher schedule, but they made that schedule. No one, no one pulled the body arm to schedule these guys. No, no one did. Those are teams. They made their own schedules. And that's what they made, and that's the ranking they got. That's just how that goes. Pitt scheduled who they who they scheduled, and nobody pulled their arms not to do it. They did it, and it is what it is. And you know, frankly, they're living with it right now. And right now, I mean, they've, you know, they barely lost to Notre Dame, but they got hammered by Penn State. And they got hammered by Central Florida. It wasn't even close. And the bottom line with that one is, is Central Florida's not even a P5 team. They're, they're outside that group. And sure, it's Central Florida, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not a P5 team. So that's what, I mean, the bottom line is, we got our asses beat by non-P5 team. That's really all the media and everybody else cares about is that. They don't care about anything else. They don't care that uh, Central Florida is ranked possibly top 10, I think. They just know that's a non-P5 team and then we got we got our asses beat by them. So that's that. But as far as pick goes, like I said... They gotta work. They gotta get their running game going like they've always had. They, get, they got a three-headed monster to do it. I'm sure. Hopefully, it opens up. You know, Kenny Pickett a little bit more because he made some big throws, two big ones to Maurice French, plus that two-point conversion to um, Rob Ra Lopez. So let's hope um, you know that opens things up for Kenny and it gives him some confidence. Hey, do some more screens too, because those are working. You know, we got some stuff working for us. 
I mean, obviously you get the tight end involved, but we really don't have a tight end. Not, you know, if we can just if we can spread the team, spread the spread the guys out and get them in, all in space, especially receivers, I think we'll be fine. And that's one that we may have to do at this point because I'll, as far as doing the whole pro style thing, I don't think we have the the, the, the uh, personnel to do it. So, anyways. What Penn needs to do really is when they get when they start playing, they gotta start throwing punches, and they gotta keep throwing them before UVA can uh, counter. But I'm not sure. I'm not really confident they can do that. But stranger things have happened. Now there is a really good game tonight. Temple Temple and Central Florida play tonight. That should be a really good game. Temple just come along. Since early in the season, but uh, Central Florida should take that one. Look at the rest of the games here. Ohio State Nebraska play, and you know what? This would have been a really good matchup years ago, and it's not anymore. It's it's a dead matchup. So Ohio State should you know, Ohio State's eighteen point favorites over Nebraska. Think about that for a moment. Yep. Texas A&M and Auburn, that's, that's your typical good SEC matchup. A&M right now is 20th, and Jimbo's doing a hell of a job. Uh, I'm not sure what the heck's going on with Auburn. They were they were, they were supposedly a slate of a big year, and they're not even ranked anymore. So, Lord knows what's happened with them. But uh, A&M's only going to get better because they have an actual SEC coach, and that's what they need at this point. And someone's really showing his worth at Arizona. Sarcasm. But we do have uh, a big SEC matchup. Sixth ranked Georgia, ninth ranked Kentucky. And actually, it's a big weekend for the SEC because there's some nice matchups. But this one here, Kentucky has a really good defense, but their offense sucks. And this is, and what's going to come down to is who has offense. And uh, Georgia has it. So Georgia is going to you know, probably win this one. I mean, Kentucky's 7 1. And I'm sure the, uh, the, I'm sure the Enuses of, uh, of the Louisville uh, faction are probably. Uh, I don't know, crying in their beer or Papa John's, whatever. All I can tell you is when I drove through Louisville and supposedly they removed the Papa John's stadium name off, it's actually all the signs were still up. I mean, they had the, there was an exit for Papa John's stadium, I remember. Uh, big, big 12 matchup, 13th ranked West Virginia and 17th ranked Texas. West Virginia, if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive and their, or let alone conference title hopes alive, they got to win this one, but they got to go at Austin to do it. And I'm not sure if they'll be able to or not. But uh, Texas lost to Oklahoma State this past week, and it's pretty much up and down. Uh, I mean, West Virginia played. I mean, they came out flag and said, "Iowa State, what you can't do." And I guess. Um, I like Texas in this one because it's at Austin, and I'm sure the Big 12 is going to cater to Texas like they always do. West Virginia's only hope is to go out, is to go to that game and probably blow Texas out. Because if it comes down to fishing, it's going to go always in the hands of the Longhorns because they are in Texas. Iowa Purdue is going to be a really good matchup. I mean. They had this point loss against Penn State, but Purdue's coming on. 
as of late. And I think they're gonna have to keep they're gonna have to try to do what they can to keep Jeff Braun. Cause I'm sure Louisville's gonna go after him, but he's doing alright so far with them. It's just I don't think you know you offer him the job yet or, or pursue him yet because you know it's a for him it's a right now with him and Purdue it's a small sample size yet. You don't know how, how good he's gonna be down the road. If anything, he's got he's taking players from the previous coach and making them his. Uh, Penn State, Michigan. There's a. Um, I guess James Franklin had one of his little spasms the other day or this morning maybe about Trace McSorley's uh, knee and I guess he got mad to me. At, you know, I don't know why you guys keep asking about my knee, his knee. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna answer that. And I don't blame him. You know, coaches really don't disclose injuries, injuries a whole lot. But I do like. Um, I like Michigan. This one. I think they'll pull it off. Uh, I would like. I would like Penn State, but. Michigan's obviously on our level this year, and defensively, they're, I think they're a lot tougher than uh, a lot of teams Penn State's faced, and I think they're going to be a lot more ferocious. And obviously, the big, the, the big upset game, supposedly Northwestern Notre Dame, Notre Dame's going to pull that one off, let's be honest. Northwestern may give them a hard time, but they give everybody a hard time, excuse me. But Northwestern gives everybody a hard time. But ultimately, Notre Dame will prevail on that one. Pretty much, Notre Dame's pretty much got a trip over itself, and they'll be undefeated. And of course, the big game of the night: uh, first ranked uh, number one Alabama, third ranked LSU. It's been talked about big down here because we're obviously in SEC land. There's a lot of LSU alums here. Big game, big stage, SEC, not Big Ten. And uh, I just don't see uh, LSU winning this one. Alabama's going to win it. Defensively, I think, you know, LSU can stay in the game, but I don't think they've – this is a much bigger matchup here. and They're – their only chance really is to, is to somehow do something with uh, Bama's offense, and I'm not sure what they can do with it. But they're going to have to. I know the Bama's QB has been, Tua has been uh, having knee issues. Your only hope is to knock out his knees and have him. Uh, and of course, there's Jalen Hurts, but Jalen's really, I mean, he's good, but he's not Tua. I think if you uh, force that, I'm not saying injure quarterback, quarterback, but you know the luck would help, would help that way. But I just don't see LSU having any type of a chance in this game, despite their their, their record. Bama's just on another level. And go around the ACC, we have a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, Louisville, Clemson, Clemson should destroy Louisville. Petrino's probably at probably at the end of his tenure and I don't know, I mean I 
I understand it's hard to rebuild after Lamar Jackson, but I mean, I would just I would give Petrino some another year. But if it's really a doom, a doom type of thing, then probably you do away with them. I mean, it was I mean it was like Kevin Stallings with Pitt. I mean, I went Stallings get another year because I thought he had a good group of guys, and there was a lot of potential with them. But the season got drastically worse and worse as, t- as things went on. And it was just time to go. And not and it was not only that, but he didn't do himself any favors either of how he handled himself. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's just how it had to go, how it had to go down. And obviously, it's a lot better for it. I mean, they hired a Duke guy, so obviously, maybe the ACC would kiss her asses. And they kind of have been. Uh, Syracuse and Wake Forest. And Syracuse is 19th ranked. I know, you know, that was one of the things some Pitt fans were chapped about. But uh, good for Syracuse. They're ranked. And they'll, they'll probably beat Wake and go to, and they'll be 7-2. Dino Babers done a hell of a job. And for all the mediocrity Syracuse had to deal with, with, with Scott Schaefer and Greg, uh, Greg Robinson. I mean, the, 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 the G-Rob era is what ultimately killed Syracuse. one thing it was horrible and they held on for, to him for too long and then uh, but they did, they did they did have Maroney believe it or not yeah they did have Maroney and they did have some good things in Maroney but uh, unfortunately Maroney got himself a uh, head coaching job with the NFL and that was it and of course he got fired from that I'm not sure if he's coaching anywhere else any NFL. I think he is. I just, I'm too lazy to look it up right now. It's Doug Maroney, yeah. Is he coaching Jaguars now? He's coaching somewhere. Georgia Tech, North Carolina. North Carolina is 1-6. Their only win is against Pitt. And uh, I don't see um, North Carolina win this one. I think uh, Georgia Tech goes to 5-4 and and it keeps her bull hopes alive. Florida State, NC State. NC State's lost her last two, but I think they recover. They'll recover from this. And they'll move on, and they'll, you know, be Florida State and move on to the next. Boston College, Virginia Tech, and this is a big matchup. This is an old-school, Big East powerhouse football matchup. And uh, BC is uh, six and two. Tech is four and uh, I think it looks like they're four and three. Yeah, they're four and three, and obviously they're not good at all. I thought this was going to be their year, but it just didn't materialize. And you know, Dazi has done a hell of a job with BC. You got to hand him that. I mean, Boston College is. Like, it's gonna be any more than a seven, you know six to eight win program similar to Pitt, and not to mention he doesn't really have much recruiting base either up in that area. But he's done a hell of a job, and I see him, you know, I see the move, win and move on as well. Finally, Duke of Miami. I think Duke pulls this one off. I think Miami is just, a, I mean, a lot of crazy stuff with Duke last week. A lot of they gave us different looks. They put a guy in a quarterback. The 
at the goal line. They did a whole bunch of stuff, and yeah, I don't see this uh, helping helping them out anymore. So there goes your college football weekend, guys. In a, in a nutshell. Ah, kudos to the men's soccer for Pitt. They won their first ACC tournament game, knocking off South Rank Virginia 2-0. So we beat, at least we beat them in some sort of football. I mean, good for them. So lots of great things are happening. And obviously Pitt this weekend, they're going to be wearing the Pittsburgh Strong helmets. And it's been really nice to see, you know, the city come together. But, uh, you know, the scene needs to come together and stay together. You know, we always come together when Steelers win Super Bowls and Stanley Cups and whatnot. But we got to, in this case, we all got to stay together. And, and just, uh, you know, conquer everything. That's all, that's all I can do at this point. But uh, I'm going to let you guys have the rest of your... Um, rest of your day uh, last month I think uh, for this October I had the most act. My, the show had the most activity ever I mean I mean the listens and stuff have been blowing up the last two months I mean it's been crazy I mean I've I've seen double the triple the activity on this show for the last two months than I have for probably from the three years I've done this podcast and I mean, it's been three years I've done it, and so I want to say to you guys, thanks for stopping by and listening to this. I mean, shoot. I'm surprised. I mean, shoot. Thanks for sitting through uh, all this and hopefully not uh, trying to uh, drink bleach or something. <laughs> Hello, Pitt, you guys. Have a good weekend. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.